Hello, welcome to Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church podcast, Faith in the Word. Here, Pastor Cecil Holloway is bringing you all the spiritual teachings within God's Word. We hope you enjoy. Please share with a friend. And like always, God bless you. Faith Empowerment Revival. This is our spring Faith Empowerment Revival. We will be having a summer Faith Empowerment Revival in August the 11th, 12th, and 13th. And uh, our associate ministers will be conducting those, those meetings. So uh, you, won't, you won't hear me all the time. So, you know, get to hear somebody else. Amen. Hallelujah. So the associate ministers are going to be doing the uh, summer Faith Empowerment revival meeting so in august it'll be here before you know it august and thank you for coming out tonight everyone blessed tonight you look blessed amen amen feel blessed all right smell blessed amen good glory hallelujah the blessing of the lord There's a sweet fragrance when the presence of God is on us, when we are in the the anointing of God, it is on us. Amen. So this is our third night. I don't know about y'all, but uh, I'm going to miss it. I've been been having fun. (laughs) Amen. I've been having fun these last three nights. So I'm going to really miss it. So I'm going to have to, uh, we have it on podcast, right? Amen. So uh, we're going to have to listen to it on podcast. We got Brother Ken in the house. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. I think uh, we need to do something. Right? Oh, yeah. Stand your feet. Place your Bibles in your right hand. Hold it high above your heads and repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. I believe who it says I am. All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is powerful for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness and faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is everlasting, uncompromising, indestructible, unmovable, eternal word of God. Amen. You may be seated. This week in our revival, we've been talking about, watch your mouth. (laughs) Amen. I'm just going to give a quick recap from last night for those who were not here. Hallelujah. That's okay. Um, We started off with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. We've been talking all week about, we've been discovering from the word of God that God is serious about the things we say. Our words. Our words can bring destruction in our lives. Our words can bring life into our lives. Uh, we have the power from 
the Almighty to speak things into existence. We have the ability and the power to change circumstances and situations. And so God has empowered us because we're made in the image of God. All right. Uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse one says to, to imitate your father, to mimic your father, to be like your father. So God is a creative God. He creates things. Satan doesn't have the ability to create anything. All right. What Satan does, he perverts the things that God has created, all right? But we have the ability, because we are in the family of God, to create things through our words and through our, our speaking. So we've been learning that this week, so that's why we have coined the phrase, watch your mouth, because death and life is in the power of the tongue, all right? So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, let no corrupt, corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building up, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. So we found out in this scripture last night that we should not be venting. All right? Venting is corrupt communication. All right? Venting does not usher in the presence of God in our life. But venting, corrupt communication, gives Satan access or inroad into our lives. All right? Satan has no ability. He has no power. If he had ability or power, he would come in here tonight and kill all of us. But he doesn't have that ability. We have the authority. We have the power. We have the ability. So what Satan does, he deceives us in different areas that we are not enlightened of the word of God on, and he, he will use our authority to manifest his wickedness. And one area he, he does that is through our words, corrupt communication, all right? So no venting. And what was the phrase that we're not going to, we're going to throw out of our vocabulary? That's right. I'm just saying, no, you should know what you are saying. So we're going to throw that out. We no longer say, I'm just saying, okay? So no venting. Then we went to Psalms 8, 1 through 6, and we found out that, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all thy earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings has thou ordained strength. So the things that we speak that is of God and his word, it will strengthen us. And also, look at this. Thou hast ordained, uh, that has thou ordained strength because of thy enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. So we can still the enemy and the avenger in our life through the words out of our mouth, because it has been ordained. He said, when I consider thy heavens and the works of thy finger, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man? We, we really went deep last night of how the angels look at us. You know, angels are really, uh, they look at us and they, they think we're strange. 
how how they how we operate in the salvation of God, it really amazed them. Because we are made in the image, we are part of Godhead. We found out last night that angels are not deity. We also found out last night that when we die, we don't want to go to heaven and become an angel. We don't become angels. That's becoming an angel is low class. <laughs> we part of deity. We part of Godhead. All right. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Then it's you if you're born again. All right. So angels, they look and say, What is man that thou art mindful of him? What is it about this man that your mind is full of him all the time? You know, in the book of Isaiah, it says that God has your face tattooed in the palms of his hand. So when he holds his hands up, he sees you. He's thinking about you. And the angels are amazed at this. It said, and the son of man, that thou visited him. But thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Now, nobody didn't say this, but I said when I when we came to this part, I said, well, look, look, it's a little lower than the angels. But that word angels uh, in the Hebrew is Elohim. It's Godhead. So it says God had made us a little lower than Elohim, the Godhead, and has crowned him. God has crowned us. Now, who receives a, a crown? A king of authority. So God has crowned us, crowned us with glory and with honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. So we discovered that we have a sonship. We have sonship, and with sonship comes power and words. How do kings reign? Kings reign by their words. They say, and people move and respond. So God has crowned us with authority that we are sonship. We are king. He's king of kings. We're little kings. He's the king. And we have authority. We have sonship and power that we can speak things in our, by our words, and it will respond. Okay? So it is a privilege to choose our own words. We also found out that angels do not have the privilege to choose their own words. One angel tried that, and look what he got, got him, Lucifer. So the other angels, they saw what he did, <laughs> and the one third that followed him. So they, they do not have the privilege to choose their own words. But you and I, we do. We have the privilege to choose our own words. And kings, they reign with words. Then we went to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 to 37. But I say unto you that every idle word, that word idle means non-working, inactive, unemployed. So what is an unemployed person? They're not working. So he said, but I say unto you that every unemployed word that men shall speak, they should give an account thereof in the day of judgment. 
for by the words thou shalt, for by thy words thou shalt be justified. So we are justified by what we say, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So we are condemned by the words, words that we speak contrary to the word of God. So justification and condemnation comes into our life based on not God or not Satan by your mouth. So that's why we've been saying all week, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. So that's what we covered last night. So now we have tonight. Are you ready for tonight? I need to take a, a water break. It's okay. It's better than a cigarette break, right? <laughs> I've been around some preachers that they do take cigarette breaks, you know? <laughs> I remember when I first got called, my wife and I, we moved here to Kentucky and we went to this church. I won't mention any names. And um, uh, I, I, no, I wasn't a preacher, but we went there just to fellowship. And you know how you're a preacher, they invite the whole preacher coming to the pastor's office. And went into the pastor's office, and I, everybody was fired up with cigarettes. And I, I was just a young preacher, you know, impressionable and everything. And the one preacher was on oxygen and was smoking. I said, Lord. And the Spirit of God spoke to him. He said, this is something that you don't do. <laughs> All right. So I've learned from that. So oh, I've never been a smoker anyhow, so. So I, you know, preachers, uh, they come here to miss whatever they smokers. I said, sorry, no smoking on the facility. No. All right. How'd I get up on that? Oh. Wow. Thank you. Watch your mouth. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go to Psalms 39. Let's get into the word. Psalms 39, picking up tonight. And it reads, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. Ooh, we can sin with our mouth. Look at this. And I will keep my mouth with a bridle. Remember the first night we learned that we need a sin. We need to set a, a guard over our mouths, all right? So I will keep my mouth with the bridle while the wicked is before me. What is he saying? And that's what he's saying. When it comes to our mouths, we should not be complaining. Because if you complain, you remain. And then he says, that I was done with silence and I held my peace even from good and my sorrow was stirred. Go back to verse one. He said, I would take heed, uh, I would take heed to my ways that I sin not with my mouth. How do we sin with our mouth? Complaining is the number one area of sinning with our mouth. Complaining, constantly grumbling, murmuring and complaining. Then he said, I will keep my mouth with the bridle, and then I will make sure that I, I do not complain in the presence of sinners. Why is that? 
because we complain all the time, we are saying to the world and to the sinner that our God is not who he said he is. Because if our God is who he said is, why are you complaining? If he provides all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, why are, why are we complaining? Why do we complain? Complaining is a sin in the eyesight of God. All right? So that's why he, he, he tells us to watch our mouth, especially when we are in the presence of the wicked. Now let's go to Psalms 106. You know, over there in the book of Proverbs chapter 18, unfortunately we don't have it on the slide, but Proverbs chapter 18, it says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Now, when I first read that and heard that, death and life? Is in the power of my tongue. You mean that I can I, I can I can produce death and I can produce life. But the Lord just gave me a quick revelation of this of death and life in the power of the tongue. If we look at it through the eyes of faith, if we look at it through our authority, we have authority. Yes, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Our authority is in our mouth, in the things that we say. We can, we can speak death. People speak death 24-7. They complaining about this. Oh, man, I don't know what those Republicans going to do. Oh, those Democrats are in power. Oh, here we got Black Lives Matter. Oh, look at the economy. My 401k out of, well, that's, that's death. <coughs> Excuse me. That's complaining. That's murmuring and complaining. Death and life is the power of the tongue. But the Lord gave me this revelation I wrote down. This is, this is, this is good, too. Yes, death and life is in the power of our tongue. But now look at it this way. We have the ability to speak death and we have the ability to speak life. There are times we need to speak death. Hey, what are you talking about, Pastor? Because the Holy Ghost quickened this to me. He says, there are times that we need to speak death we speak death to living sin. We pronounce death to sin that is alive in our lives. We speak death to it. We command it to die. We command that addiction, that fornication, that adultery, that pornography, that cheating, that gambling, we can speak because those things that are sin, they are alive. Why are they alive? Because they are working in your life. 
It's a lie. So death and life is in the power of my tongue. So the Holy Spirit said you can speak death to living sin. Then he told me, he said, then you speak life to dead victories. Victories that you have had in your life, visions in your life that have died because you were ignorant to the word of God or things you've been saying. He said, you have the power of death and life is your tongue. You can speak life to those visions and those victories that have died. You can call those dry bones to come alive again. Oh, that, that's good. That's good. So, yes, we can speak death. When do you speak death? You speak death to that living sin, that sin that is alive. You speak to it. You command it to dry up and die in the name of Jesus. You, Because you speak to it, you will say, it is out of my life. You speak death. I speak death to that living sin. And I speak life to dead victories. Okay, I'm going to be transparent with you. That's got, you know, because I can't talk about nobody. I, I, I can talk about my wife because she ain't going to leave me. But uh, I can't talk to nobody because you might get offended and leave the church and don't come back. So I had to talk about myself. Okay. All right. It was a time in ministry. It was a critical time in ministry that I was, we was part of this one particular ministry. We was in Lexington that I really revered and, and, I went through some, I went through some offense things or certain things that was done and everything. And it really affected my walk with God. It, it came that close of taking me out, my walk with God. And it was a, it was a dead victory. Because the things that we was believing God for, we had victory to a certain point in time, but then it just, it just dwindled away through offense and bitterness, and, and it died. And I was so offended that I, for years, I collected uh, books on about the Lord, salvation, healing. I had books, tapes, videos. I had, I had a huge collection. Then I had a huge And I, 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 and my wife was there. God bless. Thank God for the wife I had, you know. Praise Jesus, you know, and I was really offended and she could see that I was offended. I was angry because I, and that's why I, on a Sunday we, we teach it on what's called life change measure. I taught an offense and that's how, that's why I could teach it because I've been there, done that. Offense comes when you have high expectation off the wrong information. Okay. So I was offended. I had this high expectation for this ministry and they, they let me down and I, I was offended. I was, I had a root of bitterness to the point that I was angry at God. Lord, why did you hook me up with them? And they did what they did and all that kind of stuff. And what I've learned about God, when you, when you go through all that, the Holy Ghost don't listen to you. He don't respond. All right. So I was so bitter. So I was so angry that I was ready to give up the ministry. I was uh, ready to throw everything where I took all the, my 
teaching materials that I have collected over 30 some years. And, and I took all of my videos and, and teaching and everything. And I took them all to the dumpster and dumped it all in the dumpster. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. So I had a, I was going through a dead victory. So uh, this one here, I think he was about, about 12. And my, my wife was so patient and she was interceding. She saw, she saw the hurt and the pain I was going through and she was seeking God. So as I took all the, the, the videos, the books, I tossed them away and I went away. My wife took him and we went to the dumpster. She said, get that, get that out of the dumpster. Get that because your daddy going there because your daddy is just going through something right now. But he's going to need all that and he's going to regret later. That he threw all that stuff away. I mean, I tossed, I mean, I had, I had over 30 some years of material. I tossed them all in the dumpster. I'm done. I'm done with preachers. I'm done with churches. I'm done with God. I'm done, done, done. I was venting. And during that, during my time of venting, God wasn't responding. God doesn't respond when you vent. He let you throw your temper tantrum. He, he, you know, he let you get it all out. But all the whole time, I, I'm, I'm so done. And see, back then is where I got this revelation about the mouth. So after I went through all my temper tantrums and went through all my carnality, I was having a carnal fit, all right, a fleshy fit. I mean, I know none of y'all never been there before, but, uh, you know, but I was, you know. And one thing I've learned, never get upset with God. <laughs> Why? Because he's your answer. He's your solution. So after I quietened down, all right. That's when the Holy Spirit started teaching me about the mouth. And, he, you know, he, he shared with me some things, the reason why. That's why I know about offense and bitterness and all that kind of stuff. He was teaching me all that stuff. And then he said, now I want you to start speaking life into your dead victory. And so I got myself together. Got back up, girded up my loins, <laughs> got back with God, and I started speaking life into our ministry and everything. And, you know, in our ministry was, it kind of got back on course. We started experiencing some increase, but, and I started speaking life. I started speaking life into dead victory because death and life is in the power of the tongue. You speak death to living sin, you speak life to dead victories. All right, I start, so I start speaking life. I start speaking life. So as time went on, I was, uh, I was in my office at that particular uh, the church that we was at, I was pastoring, and the Holy Ghost came to me and said, Lord said, you're going back to Louisville. You're gonna pastor Pilgrim. What? 
we just bought a new house. We just manifested everything we believe in God for. The finances was great. The people were finally lined up. <laughs> and we just, we just moving. We was getting ready to look at, get a, a new building for the ministry. And the Lord said, no, you're going back to Louisville. I want you to pastor that church, Pilgrim. I said, Lord, they are religious. They are religious. I can't go back there and preach the way I preach. They're not going to receive me. He said, watch your mouth. That's when I first heard that. Watch your mouth. He said, what did I say? And I'm like, oh, geez, are you, we, we got it going on here in Nicholasville. I mean, we, we finally went through the storm, things are good, rocking and stuff. And the Lord said, so I shared with my wife and she said, okay, you know, whatever the Lord said to do, we do. And then I said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to, you're going to have to let my wife know. Uh, Nicholas at the time, he was the last child that was still at home. And he said, you got to let him know. You got, you got, you got to confirm it. So we was in our living room, living room, and we was talking about some things. And we was thinking about extending our ministry to Virginia, you know? And then all of a sudden, the spirit of God came in that living room. And all three of us got a confirmation. We're going back to Louisville. Now, what was happening? I spoke life into that dead victory. I start speaking the life of God. And once you start speaking the life of God, that dead victory will start resurrecting. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you got to show me in your word that I'm hearing from you correctly. And that's when he took me to Ezekiel about the dry bones. Let them dry bones live again. And so he said, uh, he said, so I start speaking that that life and the dead victory, and now the the resurgence, the excitement, the 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 full the joy of the ministry was rising back in, uh, inside of me, and God had another mission for us, and He said, "I'm taking you back to bring my word because this is what the mandate that God had for this church was the word." He said, "I'm done with religion." And for a long time, so I had time to go how everything happened. And it manifested. I, I will tell you, it, it was the grace of God for me to pastor this church. I should not be pastoring this church because God said so. You know, I hear some preachers say, well, you know, God told me, hey, I know that God told me to pastor this church because he orchestrated everything. Because when we came back to this church, the religious devils in this church were strong and mighty and powerful. And God said, you're going to pastor this church. And you continue to speak life into a dead victory. And we did that. We did that. We kept speaking life. We kept, God said, I'm going to pass that. I don't know how you're going to do it, but God's going to. And God, we saw supernaturally 
God moved everything out of this church. Why did he do that? Because the ones that were here in leadership and everything, they were complainers. They were complainers. Let's look at Psalms 106. Verse 32 and 33. They anger him also at the water of strife. Him talking about Moses. The day that God called Moses to set the Israelites free from the bondage of Egypt, the moment he showed up, the Israelites, they complain, they blame Moses and Aaron. When Moses went to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh, God said, let my people free. Go, Pharaoh heart hardened. And he said that they would have to Build brick without straw. The people blame Moses and Aaron. God delivered him out of the most powerful nation at that time. He had that nation to fall at the knees of these slaves of Israel. To He bankrupt that entire economy, brought them out, and they was heading to... Uh, to the Red Sea, and God opened the Red Sea, and they saw the glory of God. And after the Red Sea was covered up and killed all Pharaoh's army and everything, they was on the other side, and they didn't have nothing to eat, and the people complained and blamed Moses and Aaron. So they angered Moses also at the water of strife. When they didn't have any water, they complained. They said, Moses, you brought us out here. It was better for us to eat leeches in Egypt than to be out here. They constantly complained and blamed Moses and Aaron. And Moses constantly heard this. We're talking about, he had a congregation of about 3 million folks. Can you imagine 3 million folks complaining? 3 million people blame you for everything? Eventually, you get a little tired of it. But Moses knew better. Moses was in the presence of God. Moses was uh, uh, on Mount Sinai for 40 days where he was in the glory of God, where it, 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 it changed his skin. It was shown on his skin, the glory of God. Moses knew God face to face. Moses knew better, but he allowed the complaining, the murmuring, the blaming of the people for him to be angry. And they angered him also at the water strife, so that it, excuse me, so that it went ill with Moses for their sake. It went bad because Moses kept hearing them complaining, murmuring, and complaining. And if you go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says, he teaches us that 
ways that will stop you from entering in to the provinces of God. He says it's like the children of Israel uh, that in first Corinthians chapter, he talks about they murmured and they complained. And that's why that first generation of Israelites that was heading to the promised land did not go into the promised land. Why? Because they kept murmuring and complaining. And now look at Moses. <laughs> because of their murmuring and complaining, because they provoked his spirit. They, it made Moses angry because they kept blaming Moses and Aaron. All that God has done for them, there's no, there's no group of people, there's no nation upon this earth that ever experienced the glory of God except for Israel. God showed his mercy and his loving kindness, but they kept murmuring and complaining that they provoked his spirit so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips. Now, Moses, out of anger, he starts speaking out of the thing that he was feeling. What was he feeling? He was feeling anger. So what is the lesson to us? Never say or never speak what you feel. Because Moses spoke out of anger, and God told Moses because they needed water, he told them to, Moses, God told Moses to speak to the rock for the water to come forth. Come forth. Because of Moses was angry, and he was provoked by the children of Israel, murmuring, complaining, he started murmuring and complaining. He went to them. He said, how you rebellious people is going to ask for all this, all that God and, Mo and Aaron I have done for you? What was Moses doing? He was doing what they was doing, murmuring and complaining. Because now he starts speaking out of his feelings. Because the people provoked him. They provoked that anger. And so that he spake unadvisedly words or with his lips. And just like the children of Israel, that first generation did not go into the promised land. Guess what? Moses didn't either. Moses didn't go into the promised land either. Why? Because Moses knew better. He murmured and complained. Child of God, I'm going to tell you something. God is serious about words. God is really serious about what we say. We think, oh, I, I could just say whatever I want to say, whatever. But not when it comes to God. If you want to experience the power of God, the presence of God, God is serious about what we say. Y'all remember Job? Joe had a, a whirlwind came and killed all his kids and all his crops and his cattle and his 
and he was going through and he had balls over the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And Joe's wife, what did she do? Joe's wife said to Joe, why don't you curse God and die? Joe said, what are you a fool? Joe's wife was trying to get Joe to speak the wrong words. So you have to set a God not only on your mouth, you're going to have to set a God on your feelings, your emotions. Do not allow your emotions. That's what I went through when it came to that ministry. I allow my emotions to affect my words. You got to set a God on your mouth, on your emotions, and you have to set a God people that are around you that will provoke you to speak the wrong thing. Go to Matthew 4. This is the first temptation of Jesus. We're not talking about that perverted satanic movie years ago, The Last Temptation of Christ. That, that, was, that, was, that was of the devil. This is the first temptation of Jesus. Jesus just came off a 40-day fast. He came off a fast from no food and no water. And so now he is tempted of the enemy. This is his first temptation. And when the tempter came to him, him being Jesus, he said, if thou be the son of God, excuse me, command that these stones be made bread. Now he's trying to get Jesus to exercise his authority. Child of God, I'm telling you, when you, when, when you, when you leave these meetings, you make a decision, okay, I'm going to set a guard on my mind. I'm going to watch what I say. I'm going to, there is going to be pressure from the enemy in the realm of the spirit is going to be pressure to the enemy is trying, he will try to pressure you to say the wrong thing because by in doing that, that give him access to bring harm and danger in your life. And let me tell you the flip side of it. Not only he will pressure you to say the wrong thing to give him access, he will pressure you not to say anything to give God access. There has been times that have went through some stuff, and I know what the word says, how to speak, speak the word and everything, and it's like nothing comes out of my mouth. It's like what's going on. And, and not realize he's applying pressure. He will, probably, he will apply pressure in you not to speak the word, because when we speak the word, we give God access. So when we speak God's word, we are giving him access to come in and to move on our behalf through our words. When the enemy applied pressure for us to speak things contrary to the word, we're giving him access. So there will be pressure placed on you. We know how the cycle of faith works. 
pressure. But you're going to have to persevere through that. You're going to have to set a guard in your mouth because you do not want, you know, the greatest revelation that I've, that I've, I've realized over 30 some years of ministry is that I, I gave my mouth over to the devil to hurt my loved ones. I made a decision. I'm no longer going to do it. You got to make a decision that you're not going to give your mouth to the devil. I'm going to give my mouth to God. I'm going to let him take control of my mouth. I'm going to be sensitive to his spirit, his leading, his guiding. I'm going to, I'm going to speak what he says to speak. Because when I speak the word of God, that's what I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm giving him access to move on my behalf or on the circumstance situation. So I'm no longer going to speak or give my mouth to the enemy so that he can use, I give him access to hurt people that I love. So the devil will bring up these thoughts for you to say. And he wants you to speak it. He wants you to say it. And that's fighting the good fight of faith. That I know I, 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 I'm casting that stuff down and I'm not giving him access in my life. I'm not going to speak. No corrupt communication coming out of my mouth. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to speak those derogatory things. I'm not going to speak those racist things. I'm not going to speak those things that people that I love, he's applying pressure for you to say it so that we can give him access that he can come in and the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I set a guard on my mouth. And I have to renew my mind that those thoughts are not my thoughts. Those thoughts are not your, those thoughts, those thoughts that pop in your head, those, you say, where did that come from? Okay, let me give you some real, you know, that thought of that old boyfriend or old girlfriend, where, where did that come from? I'm happily married. Where did that thought come from? The enemy is trying, he, he injects those thoughts to try to get you to meditate on it so that you can speak it. Well, I wonder how LaQuisha doing. And you happily, you, you, love, you love your wife. You love your husband. And you say, why am I thinking about this person? You have to be like, the enemy is inject those thoughts because he wants you to meditate. He wants you to speak it. So now you give him access. And now all of a sudden, LaQuisha shows up. You ain't seen LaQuisha in 20 years. And now all of a sudden she shows up. And then when she shows up, he bring all those feelings. This is why, this is how people fall into adultery and fornication through this process. They're not realizing where he says, cast down every high thing that exalt above the knowledge of God. So that's why we have to cast it down. We have the ability to cast. When it comes in your mind, you have to cast it down. 
Now, let me show you how you have that ability to cast it down. This is what I want everybody to do. I want in your mind, not out loud, in your mind, I want you to count from one to 10. Ready, go. Okay, it, let me stop, let me stop. Because some people are like, why the 10? Yeah, yeah. Go, go one, two, three, in your mind. Don't say it out loud. In your mind, count one, one to 10, okay? Ready, go. Everybody should be done. All right. Everybody count one to 10. Okay. Now we're going to do this again. And when I tell you to say this out loud, I want you to say this out loud. Okay. So we're going to count one to 10 again. Ready? Go. One to 10. Say Jesus. Okay. Look what happened. You stopped counting. Did you say Jesus and you continue on counting? No, you stopped. That's what he's saying. Take captivity of every thought, cast it down. So whatever that thought that comes to your mind, you can say out loud, I take authority over that. That's not my thought. Because the enemy inject his thoughts in your mind. So we have the ability to take captivity every thought that comes. Don't meditate. Don't meditate. Philippians chapter 4 teaches us what to think on. What's good? What's good? What's pure? What's lovely? Don't meditate on things that are contrary to God's word. Don't be thinking about stuff. When you start thinking about something coming to your mind, take authority over it. Say out loud. That's when you say out loud. When it comes to your mind, those thoughts, don't sit there and ponder. He, he, he brings to your mind, you're going to die. Don't sit there and think, I'm going to die. Now, how how I'm going to die? You're going you're gonna to get hit by a truck. That truck is going to hit you. You're going to die. And look at this. This is the funeral. You're going to be in this casket. Don't think that kind of stuff cut him out. Cast that, that. No, with long life, he shall satisfy me. I'm not going to die. This is what happens to a lot of people. And they're not aware of it. They start meditating. They start thinking. You know, when James is talking about how sin is brought about when it is conceived in the mind first. You start meditating, you start, and then whatever you think about, whatever you meditate on for a long period of time, eventually it's going to come to pass. So Jesus, look at this. Go back to verse uh, three. <clears throat> when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And here Jesus, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but look at this, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What was Satan trying to get Jesus? We're talking about Jesus went through this temptation. 
do you really think you're going to be exempt? You're better, the, the student is better than the teacher? No. Jesus went through this temptation. He says that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What was Satan trying to get Jesus to do? He was trying to get Jesus to speak unauthorized words. Don't contend with someone. Don't, oh, don't get into, into debate. Why are you debating people about God? The, the first couple of seconds that you talk to someone, you're going to know they ain't going to believe God. So why are you wasting your time? Jesus said, when you go to a house and they don't receive you, wipe the dust off and move on out. Why are you debating? You find yourself debating because the enemy is trying to get you to speak unauthorized words. He's trying to get access into your life. Debating only brings strife. And strife kills. So we don't debate the gospel. We don't debate the God. Only those who are drawn by the Spirit, we minister. The ministry of reconciliation, we don't debate. I'm not going to get into a debate with you. Because you, the enemy's trying to get me to speak unauthorized words. And now he'll give, have access into my life. Last scripture, and we're going to wrap it up. First Peter chapter 5. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, you say he is a roaring lion, as a roaring lion, walk about seeking whom he may devour. Who are the ones that Satan can devour? The ones who are speaking the wrong thing. Satan go by your house. And y'all in there having devotions and prayer and lifting up Jesus and praying and, and loving one another and working the word. I can't do nothing in that crib. He goes by another person's house. They got strife and fighting and pulling out knives. He said, bingo. I got a place where now I can devour. Husband and wife arguing with each other in strife. Children, siblings were fighting with each other. Ooh, I found a place where I could do some devouring. Because when you got strife and confusion, you got all kinds of unauthorizing speaking. And so now you've given him access. So now he can go into that home and he can bring sickness, disease, Poverty, lack, because the ones that are in that home, they have given him access through their unauthorized speaking. Oh, Jesus. Go to verse 9. Go back to verse 8. It said, be sober, be vigilant. Said a God, be aware, because your adversary, the devil, has a wrong line. Walk about seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9. Whom 
These are the individuals he can devour who resist steadfast in the faith. Those who resist, those who say, I, I'm not doing what Pastor Holloway said. I ain't going to watch my dad. That, man, he, he's crazy. I ain't going to watch my, I'm going to say what I want to say. Okay. You are resisting the steadfastness in the faith. You're not being sober and vigilant. So now you have given the enemy access because you, I don't, I don't believe, I, I, I hear what he's saying. All that sounds good, but no, uh -uh. I can say, I'm, I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm grown. You know how many degrees I got? I can say what I ain't going to do. That's, that's too much like bondage. Okay. You have what you say. Jesus said in Mark 11, 22, 23. Whatsoever you say, you should have what you say. I don't believe all that. All that talking, watching your mouth and all that kind of stuff. And look at that. He 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 have had a friend. Watch your mouth. I ain't I ain't watch. I ain't I'ma say, I'ma say, I'ma say what I feel. I'ma say what's on my mind. And then the enemy has deceived us that when we get in elderly age, <laughs> when we 80 and 90, we think we got a right now to say what I want to say. Like God told Adam, and he, who told you that? That now I'm, I'm 85 years old. I can say whatever I want to say. You still give the enemy access to still kill and destroy. Because you're a child of God. You're God's child. Whether you two years old, born again, or you're 92 years old, you're still God's child. And the children, the child, don't tell the parent. Look what happened to his first two kids. So we got to set a God on our mouth. Why is that? I don't want to give Satan access in my life but I want to give God all the access in my life. Whatever he needs to do in my life, in my family, in my, for my neighbors, my friends, my loved one, I want to give God access to my life. So Lord, I give my mouth to you. That's why on the day of, day of Pentecost, they got filled with the Holy Ghost, and what did the Holy Ghost take control of first? Their mouth. And look what the enemy has been battling, defeating the church for years about this, this tongue stuff. That's of the devil. Well, like I said, I got saved in 1986 at the age of 26, and from birth to the age of 26, I ran with the devil all those years and I never spoke in tongues. 
until I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and found out the Holy Spirit took control of my mouth. I allowed him to take control of his mouth. Filled with the Spirit and speaking of tongues is allowing the power of God to be released. It's not a devil thing. It's a God thing. You're speaking to God. First Corinthians 14 said we're speaking to God. He gave us a perfect way to speak to God. We're edifying our spirit. We're speaking to God. Lord, I'm giving my lips, my mouth to you. I want to speak to you. I want to build my spirit up to you. I want to connect with you. I want to hook up with you. I give my mouth over to you. Use my mouth for your glory. The glory of the Lord. That's why, that's why Moses couldn't see. He said, I want to see your glory. He wanted to see his face. The glory of God came out of God's mouth. And he said, Moses, you cannot see my glory. Because my words are powerful. So the glory of God is in our mouth. Our mouth should be seasoned with grace and mercy, the word says. Our mouth should be used to create, to send forth things, to change, to rebuke, to correct, to plant, to bring forth life. I speak the word of God. The word of God is a living seed. It is incorruptible. That's how you should have became born again, by the word of God, that incorruptible seed that passed you from death unto life. So now I want to speak the word of life. His word is life. So that's why I have to set a God on my mouth. Because I want God to use my mouth for his glory, for his plan, for his purpose for his kingdom. So that's why when it comes to faith, the mouth, the mouth is so important. You got to understand, I have to speak what God says. Paul said that the spirit of faith is, I believe, therefore have I spoken. That's the spirit of faith, the spirit of core of faith that I believe. How do you know that you believe is what you're speaking? I believe what I speak. If I don't believe it, I'm not going to speak it. But child of God, when you do this in faith, you may not believe it fully, but you continue to speak it. And as you speak it, eventually you'll start believing because you will see the glory of God. So I no longer want to use my mouth for the enemy. I want to use my mouth for the glory of God. Use my mouth, Lord. Over in Psalms, a lot of preachers, they say this before they preach. I'm going to wrap it up. They say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. This is not a, something we just quote before we great preach. 
We should believe that let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Lord, are my words acceptable unto you? Am I speaking acceptable words unto you? Will you be glorified? Will you be magnified? So let the words in my mind and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you. My Lord and my strength and my redeemer. I am redeemed by the words I say. Isaiah said, let the redeemer of the Lord do what? Say so. What are they supposed to say? I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Church of old time, old time, they had this, they had this speaking, but we have lost it in this modern church. They had this speaking. They will speak the things of God. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. What are the redeemed for to say? That it is so. I'm redeemed. I am redeemed of the Lord. I am redeemed of the Lord. Let the weak say that I'm strong. So if you're weak, start speaking. I'm strong. My body's strong. My bones are strong. My organs are strong. Start speaking it. Speak it. Speak to it. Speak to your body. Speak to it. Because God has given me his glory in my mouth. It's the glory of the Lord that I'm speaking what God said. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Father, forgive us for speaking wrong things, speaking idle words, speaking unauthorized things. And Father, we want to set a guard on our mouths that we start speaking the things of you. That's what Jesus meant when he said to his, his disciples and to the Pharisees, he said, I only say <laughs> what my father tells me what to say. So when you start saying it, then he said, I only do what my father's. When you say it, you'll start doing it. That's what he meant by that. I only say, I only speak what my father tells me what to speak. So we need to have that same attitude. Now, the Lord had instructed me last night for our church in Southeast, you are welcome to participate in this. You know, you don't have to, but you, you're welcome to do this. Well, our church, starting June the 1st to June the 30th, Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church is going on a mouth fast. Throughout those 30 days, we're going to speak the things of God. We're going to set a God on our mouths so that we 
that we do not speak unauthorized speaking for 30 days, starting June the 1st to June the 30th. We're going, to, we're going on a, this church is going on a mouth fast. We're going to speak things in the realm of the spirit. We're going to speak things to each other in this church. We're going to speak things into our loved one lives and our family. We're going to speak things in this community. We are going on a mouth fast. We're going to declare. We're going to decree. We're going to cast down. We're going to build up things through the words of our mouth from the word of God. And we'll start this on June the 1st in this church. And then we're going to have the expectancy of, by faith, we're going to see God's glory fall in those 30 days. That's the instructions that the Lord gave to me for this body. That we're going to set a God on our mouths for 30 whole days. We're going to cast down stuff. We're not just going to say things flippantly anymore. We're going to settle God on what we're saying, what we're speaking. We're going to speak right things, right words, faith-filled words. And we're going to watch God's glory. We're going to watch his glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I thank you all for coming out for these three nights of our faith empowerment revival. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been changed. I hope your mind's been renewed. But we believe this stuff. We are believers. <laughs> That's what we, we're supposed to believe the word. We believe the index, the concordance, the page numbers the maps, everything. We just, we just believe it because we're believers and we believe God. And we have seen God in time past when we do what God tells us to do by faith. We have witnessed his glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. If you can, let's stand on our feet and I'll close in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for these three nights, Lord. This impartation of your word pertaining to our mouths. Father, enlighten our eyes of understanding when it comes to the mouth. Lord, we know this is not bondage, but this is freedom. We can have freedom in you when we speak the right thing. Speak authorized words. Speak faith-filled words. Speak your words. Not our words, but your words. Start declaring your words and decreeing your words. Father, I, I, I pray that, that we ask for forgiveness and we repent 
but speaking the wrong things. Sometimes we get off track and we, we, we revert back to our old ways. But Father, I, I ask to forget, and we repent from that. We moving forward, full steam ahead in the things that we say. We're only going to speak what you tell us to say, and we're only going to do what you tell us to do. And I thank you, Lord, that you have entrusted us. You have given us this privilege to choose the words to say. So we want to speak life, continuous life, a perpetual life, not only in our lives, but in our ministry and our businesses and our education and our loved ones, our families, our friends, our neighborhoods. We want to speak the life of God. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you to empower us for these 30 days. Teach us, guide us, lead us, and direct us as we go forth and do this by faith. From faith to faith, from glory to glory. Lord, I thank you for your people that came out all this week that supported the ministry. I thank you for their, their faithfulness, their love and kindness their heart for you, Lord. So, Father, I pray that you just bless them mightily for their commitment. Bless them for their hunger and their thirst for your word. Bless them exponentially, Lord, because of their faithfulness and their commitment. Lord, we dispatch the ministry angels around all our vehicles tonight. That no harm and danger come to us as the highways and byways we return back home. And let this word this week be sealed and established in your people's heart. Pour out revelation to them in the midnight hour. Where they will be awoke because of the word that went forth. And they, they, they just start receiving revelation from your word. And then they just step out on faith and start doing it. When it comes to the mouth or any promises of yours. Thank you for these covenant people. You have not forgotten their labor of love. They have a special place in your heart. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness have a special place in your heart, Lord. So continue to bless your people. Continue to bless both ministries, Lord, that your hand is on both ministries, that we'll do a mighty work for you in these last days, in these end times. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you for that. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' majestic name. Amen, amen. Be a blessing, not a curse. Pilgrim, I'll see y'all Sunday. Southeast, see you next Thursday. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Faith in the Word podcast. 
If the word of God has been a blessing to you today and you want to give unto the ministry, please feel free. Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church, 600 Bellwood Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40223. Or email Pastor Holloway directly at CecilHolloway at Yahoo.com with more options for electronic giving. Thanks for listening. Stay in faith and be blessed.